everyone. I'm Kari. Hello, everyone. I am Brie. And this CSI Talk. Before we get into today's episode, just want to let you all know that this is a safe space for you. This is always going to be a safe space for everyone that wants to come here and listen to two girls talking about CSI. Do you guys remember when I said last week about this case that Becerra and Nate would work on and... (laughs) Grissom would let Catherine steal from under their noses. Well, this is it. After the show, episode 8 of season 4. So, the official synopsis is, The center of attention of Las Vegas media is an, a, missing, it's a missing model who aspired to become a showgirl. When a strange 911 call comes in, Catherine is sure she has found the man responsible and takes over the case from Sarah and Nick, who both hopes they could use this high-profile case to get a promotion. The name of the victim is Julie Waters. On the case, we've got Catherine, Grissom, Nick, Sarah, and Brass. We have a man called Howard Delholm, and he is watching a television news reporting on a missing showgirl's called Julie Waters. He calls the police and said that he never meant to hurt her and that he puts a gun to his mouth. We see Swats lining up outside of his house. And he actually turns out to be alive. He tosses the gun to the ground and he's handcuffed. And the CSIs arrive along with Brass and Swatch searches the house, but there is no sign of the victim anywhere. So, Brass is trying to talk to Howard, and he only keeps saying, I didn't mean to hurt her. Catherine realizes that Julie has been missing for six days and realizes that Howard did more than just hurt her. Which is true, if the victim has been gone for six days, there is a little chance that she's alive. So, Sheriff gives an interview outside of the Howard's house while Catherine and Sarah are searching inside. The whole house is filled with newspapers, articles about her disappearance, and there's a picture of her eyes. And, no, just look at the episode. It's kind of creepy because there's pictures of her everywhere, paper clippings, everything inside his house. And Catherine says that it's like it was a timeline. And then they find dark room. And there are photographs that are still developing. And, and every photograph is a close-up of a nine. Catherine, she finds a stack of Howard business cards, which identifies him as a professional photographer. And the questioning, uh, that's uh, Howard, where Julie is. And he refuses to answer or to even make contact. 
Catherine, Nick, and Sarah, they were recapping the case. So Julie's mother reported her missing because she didn't call, which is something that she did every day. Nick and Sarah, they were given the case and they were sent to her apartment and they took pictures of every inch, you know, as CSIs do. And her bills were paid and ready to be mailed. Her everything on her toilet appeared to be untouched. Her birth control pills were also left behind. A woman, you know, if you're a woman, you understand you need to take that thing every day. So, and you need to try to get it around the same time. And for yeah. those of you, it's it's not just to help you not be pregnant. It's also going to help to regulate and can manage periods yeah and also regulate the the pain that comes with the period and julie she had made plans to have dinner with the producers of real vegas showgirls which is a reality tv show and her car was found outside of dentist pizza four days ago so the car was locked and there was no sign of foul play there was only her purse missing. And Catherine gets interrupted because Brass is calling her. Catherine and Grissom, they walk up to Brass. And he is talking to an officer. Howard managed to pry a piece of metal from the side of the table. Dig it in his hand. And right, I'm sorry, I never meant to hurt anyone on the wall with his blood. That's why Brad's fighting with the officer. And Catherine's like, why is he saying anyone? Because if he say anyone, it means that there is an, another victim out there, someone else out there. It means that he had murdered or kidnapped more people other than Julie. And Howard gets stitched up and he is returned to by another officer. And he is staring at Catherine. And Grissom tells the officer to take Howard to another interrogation room. Sarah and Brass, they keep questioning Howard, but he still silence. And then Howard tells them that he would only tell, talk to Catherine because... She is the pretty one in the next room. I have no words to describe how disgusted I am. So, Howard, he leads the police and the media to the desert. And he's flirting with Catherine when they walked together. And she is asking Howard questions like, what was he wearing when he killed Jolie? And asking if he recognizes anything in the area. But he's dodging the questions, you know. They are searching all day, but they came up empty. So Howard is put back in the police car to go back to the station, and he's staring at Catherine when the car is driving away. Nick and Sarah, they are really just really mad at Catherine and Grissom. Because yep. now Catherine is calling the shot. This was their case. And... Because they, they, this was their case. They were the ones that were given the case. They were the ones that did the original analysis of the scene and everything. And this was a career-defining case. But Catherine argues that she was the senior CSI 
But among them, the most senior CSI is Grissom. So and Grissom he makes that let them that he he actually says actually I'm the most senior CSI. And Catherine goes, "What do you want the case?" Of course, Grissom doesn't want the case. And then Catherine already has a suspect, and Grissom backs her up. I just love the way that Sarah is literally angry. Staring at Grissom, as she should. So back in the lab, Catherine and Greg, they are going through Hollow's trash and they separate his receipts. So they are trying to look for anything that Howard did seven days ago. You know what? Catherine knew that Greg wanted to become a CSI at this point. And he was, she was taking advantage of this because she yep. knew that she couldn't, you know, just go to Nick or to Sarah for help. She knew that Grissom was not gonna was not gonna help her. Grissom was already letting her take the shots. That's why she went to Greg because she knew that Greg wanted to be a CSI. So even though Greg was best friends with Nick and Sarah, and he had a crush on Sarah, yeah, there was no way that she was that he was going to deny helping Catherine, especially not in this career-defining case. So... And I love the one scene where Sarah and Grissom are talking as the sun is setting. Yeah, that is aesthetically so, so pleasing. <laughs> and your arms are folded like Sarah's was. Yeah, Sarah has her arms folded looking at him and he has his, his arms inside of his pockets just... Look at another she she's just looking at him angrily. And they're talking about the case. You know, because it was her case. She has the right to be angry. She has the right to be angry, but I would argue that Catherine has more experience. And I think Grissom only let Catherine take the lead on this because there are many suspects kind of bonded with Catherine. Yeah. So I so I think Grissom Grissom was like, if the killer had bonded with Sarah, had the killer bonded with Sarah, he would have let Sarah and Nick take the lead on the case. But since Catherine was more of the killer's type, he let Catherine take the shot. So Greg he found a receipt from a shop that would indicate that. Uh, Howard bought a household item for for almost ten dollars, and meanwhile, Catherine she came across a vehicle release agreement from Inoti Inoti Motors, and she realizes that Howard had checked out the vehicle at two p.m. The day that Julie disappeared and he returned it on the morning at 9 a.m. That is suspicious. Yep, that is really suspicious. So Catherine, she speaks to the manager at Inochi Motors. And they tell her that Howard was hired to photograph the car, which was a Maserati. And he confirms that there was... There were no models for the photo shoot, but he doesn't want to give her the car and says that and tells Catherine that it has been detailed 
three times since Howard returned. So any evidence was already gone. So she gives him a warrant and says that she is taking the car anyway. So she goes over the car with a UV light and she finds a strain of hair. And the car comes back positive for blood. So Nick and Sarah, even though they don't have the upper hand on the case, they're still going through the case files. They're trying to find a connection to the Julie Waters case, you know. So Sarah, she's still mad that she lost the case to Catherine. And and Nick is like, okay, look, I I know that I know we lost the case to Catherine, but Catherine is working with Greg. You know, she's he's gonna get experience. And the sheriff comes in asking Catherine, "Are you sure you want to be working with this guy? He's not even a CSI yet." Well, so Nick and it it is Nick and Sarah that they find out that. They find out that there are actually 12 missing reported girls over the last two years. And there, 10 of them were found dead. One of them was a model named Robbie Knight. And the, her skeletal remains were found washed up in Furnace Creek. On the morning of her death, she left for a photo shoot. Howard Dell Holmes' name is on the list of photographers on her day's planner. So Catherine tells Nick and Sarah that Howard drove the Maserati 133 miles. That would be 214 kilometers, give or take, between the time he took it out and the time he brought it back, which gives them a 66 and a half mile search radius. And the pizza place where Julie, Julie's car was found and the snack shop that Howard visit are on the same radius. You know, this is what is called geographic profile and also comfort zone. So Greg tells them that the hair that was found in the back seat of the Maserati belongs to Julie and the item that Howard purchased was a shovel, which means that Howard had already killed Julie when he bought the shovel and they've realized that Furnace Creek you know when the where Robin's body was found is also on the search radius it's exactly a 133 miles around trip to to the to the dealership and Catherine recognizes the rock formations in one of the Howard's photos as Devil's Miles. So they send cadets to the location, and one of the cadets searched the area that's near searching the area. He finds fingers sticking up from the sand. And after the CSIs remove the rocks, you know, brush away everything, they actually find her body. So Julie, she's wearing a sweater with the zipper rolled all the way up and she's not wearing any makeup and Nick tells Brass that the rocks were put on top of her as a burial site to prevent rain to wash her up because that's what it that's where the rain did to Robin's Knight's body, which means that the killer learned from his previous mistake. 
So Catherine and Brad, they go and talk to Howard again. And Brad tells him about the murder. And Howard denies and said that it was an accident. And said that he was taking pictures of Julie and with the car. And the car moved and it hit her. And Catherine said that is not true because she knows that no models were supposed to be photographed with the cars. And then he changes his stories and said that he was shooting headshots of Julie as a favor for her. And then Catherine's like, okay, show me the roll films. And he's like, I can't remember. So back in autopsies, a.k.a. my favorite sequence in CSI's, he tells Catherine, Doc Robbins tells Catherine that Julie has no injuries that are consistent with a car accident and that her COD was positional asphyxia. That's what killed her. Julie Aries was ripped out before her death. That's what dropped blood. And the flashback is shown from her getting slapped on the face. So... Doc Robin says there's a lot of trauma and he also collects SAA kit. And he tells Catherine that the blood alcohol content was 0.18. But part of it could be from the from decomp because decomp creates ethanol after after death, you know. It, it makes sense. But she was definitely drinking before she dies. And Catherine says that Julie was supposed to have dinner that night with the producers of Real Vegas Showgirls. So there was no way she was drinking. So Howard could have forced her to drink. When Grissom is looking over the autopsy photos with Catherine, Grissom realizes that... Uh, there is one picture that shows multiple abrasions to Julie's cervix, and Catherine says there is there was no semen sound, and there was no trace evidence, which means that she was probably sexually assaulted, but with a foreign object. So she questions Howard again, and he confirms that. He forced Julie to drink, to loosen up before a photo shoot. So Catherine tells him about his past, says that two years before, Howard was arrested because he forced a sexual act, but he was not found guilty. And he says that he could never kill Julie by sitting on her chest, which is what's how she died. So Catherine. She gets called to the front desk. Howard's brother, James, he gives her a package that was mailed to him by Howard two days ago. Inside of the package, there are five rolls of films and a note that reads, If I get arrested, use this to help me. That's suspicious. That's weird. So Catherine and Archie, they're looking at the negatives and it appears that Julie was photographed wearing different clothes than she was buried in. And there are 
double exposures of a nude body. They cannot tell if it is Julie or not. So Sarah interrupts them and tells Catherine that a cadet found a trash can that is important to the case. So Catherine and Sarah, they are going through the to the garbage and they found a lot of headshots of Julie. Which means that Howard was lying. He said that he was photographing Julie because because she needed new headshots. They they also find makeup removal, you know, wipes and the garbage. And there's a flashback that shows Howard wiping off her makeup and Sarah finds her planner with two things written from the day that she died. A meeting with the producers of Real Vegas Showgirls and a meeting with Howard at Dante's Pizza set for 2 p.m. At 2 p.m. was the time that he rented the car, remember? Catherine, she finds a bag that has the clothes that Julie was wearing and the photo negatives that she, she saw before. And she realizes that the blood on the stockings, she sees that there is blood on the stockings and tells Sarah that Howard is lying, that he says that Julie injured her ear when she was in her underwear and barefoot. Catherine is able to recreate the blood drops because she's a blood analyst. And she realizes and that Julie... This, and also this is when Catherine and Sarah have a talk about did you fail them call you beautiful? I guess. Did you call you small? Yeah. This is another, this is inkling to Sarah's past that she did not have a good relationship with her parents. Yeah, and we'd only find that out later, like. A season. A season later. So, Catherine, she recreates the blood drops and she realizes that Julie was hit flat on the stocking and then she stepped on another blood drop which means that she was standing when she was hit on the AV lab Archie they are going over the photos from a Julie's photo shoot and Archie is able to separate the two images from the double exposures one of which is a picture from the speedometer with the car you know it's the part of the car that has the numbers of speed and they compared the photo to that photo to the crime scene photos that Catherine took of the car. And they've realized that it's different. So they're looking at two crime scenes now. So Catherine and Sarah, they are looking, they're also looking at the pictures, the pictures from the photo shoot. And they see that Julia's expression, they go from outgoing and frustrations, frustrations to worried. So Nick interrupts them and said about and tells them about the speedometers. And Catherine says that she's going to compare the Julie's autopsy photos to the photos of the naked woman in the double exposures. And after she compares them, she says that the naked pictures were not of Julie's. So now they have crime scenes. Technically, they have two bodies, but they only have one in the, in the autopsies. So Catherine meets up with Sarah and none of the objects that they have was used to sexually assault Julie. 
But Sarah, you know, we all know Sarah. And Sarah, she's still mad about Catherine taking over her case. And Catherine says that if Sarah was in her position, she would have done the same thing because uh, what Catherine did was she exploited Howard's infatuation with her to solve the case. And I don't think Sarah really did that. Catherine did it a couple times. Yeah, Catherine did that a couple times. I think Sarah would have been disgusted if, if Howard had shown her the same the same feelings that he had shown Catherine. Catherine knew how to exploit those feelings. Sarah would have probably been really sick of them and probably would have punched him mid-sentence. Well, maybe not. Maybe she would not use violence. She only used violence when it was time to protect herself physically. Well, maybe she would have not used violence, but she would probably look at brass, and brass would have probably put it into all of that. So, Catherine realizes there is an empty gun case, and uh, an empty gun case, and she remembers that the original arrest was for brandishing a firearm, so she swipes the gun. She turns out to be right. He did sexually assault her with the gun. So he interrogates, he questions Howard again and tells him that Julie's cervical tissue was found in the gun. So we see a flashback to the photo shoot and shot it with her laughing, but then Howard ignored her when she said that she had to end the photo shoot because she had a meeting in town. She con- he continued to take pictures and then he slapped Julie. And then the last thing we see is him brandishing a weapon, brandishing the gun. So back in the room, Howard tries to go at Catherine when Catherine says that he was not able to handle it when Julie was all over the channels, you know, all over the news channels because she was missing. And then a news report says that the prosecutors are going to seek a life sentence without parole for Howard. And then Catherine's with Grissom. She tells him that Howard would have likely get away with gotten away with murder if he was quiet. But the reports kept reminding him of Julie, which made him crack. And she says in the end that she couldn't get away from him and he couldn't get away from her. This is such an upsetting episode. Yep. Thank you guys so much for listening. I think I know this was not a very upsetting episode. In a short episode. Yeah. But next week, what are we talking about next week? Butterfield. Butterfield. Oh, I was going to say that we should do it. Oh, that is a great episode, actually. That is a great episode. That is a great episode. Very important to GSR fans. Very, very important. Very important to GSR fans. Probably made Grissom lose his mind when he saw the victim. And also, I'm going to say something about the episode we're talking about. For some reason, half the time when I watched this episode when I was younger, I was changing my sheet. Why? I don't know. Just things. I have a lot of memories changing my seats in the summertime. Well, this while watching after the show. 
I just happened to fall at that. It was lots. It was either this or jackpot. Well, all times I'd be changing my streets through those two episodes somehow, and the ladder around each other. It's just the mind walks in mysterious ways, or the mind has a spirit to us. To use a grisom quote, it's. Uh... Oh, uh, fun facts about this episode, we're probably gonna explore it more next week, but the, the speech that Grissom gives in the end of the episode, it was just supposed to be a different speech, but then uh, William Peterson just, you know, wrote it purely on the napkin. That <laughs> was so good, they kept Why the so many, like, iconic scenes or scenes that are very important to a character have been written on a napkin? I won't go into that because it goes into my other major, major, major fandom. If you guys follow me on TikTok, I tweet about this fandom half the time. But yeah, um, but if you're just next week. Yeah. Um, that episode is very important for CSI fans, for CSI fans, and also for GSR fans. Person loses his mind with this episode. Yep. It's the first time we see Grissom be emotionally involved. I mean, not really, because he wasn't emotionally involved with that kid. But, like, most he was semi with the kid. But this one, he's full on emotion. Like, he doesn't even leave the scene until it's more than full, until it's been processed by him a couple of times. What, to the point Catherine has to steal. Victims' groceries. Well, yeah, because he was so. I mean, technically, he was searching for justice, but I feel like part of him uh, really thought he was Sarah. Yep. Until he saw her, and then he made her stay away. Well, because he's he probably would not been able to deal with with her. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We love you guys so, so much. Love y'all. Love you. Bye. Bye.